Well, hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. Happy to be here with you today on this Tuesday, December 10th, TikTok counting down till Christmas. Uh, but I am, of course, before we go any further, I must introduce my wonderful co-host who is here with me each and every week. Could not do this show without him. And quite frankly, none of us would be here without him. He's the founder and editor-in-chief of Rocket Sports Media. And that would be the one and only Rick Stevens. Well, good uh, afternoon. Do you have all your Christmas shopping done yet? Two weeks to two weeks today till Christmas Eve. So I've got two weeks to start. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not done yet either. I'm not done either. You know, it, well, okay, so perhaps our Canadian listeners will not be able to relate to this, but uh, my American friends listening right now will understand that in the States, we kind of gauge timing when to begin Christmas on our Thanksgiving. Um and so, uh, well, I know. So, you know, you got Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. That's like the official kickoff of the Christmas shopping season, blah, 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 blah. This year, because of the way, you know, the holiday of Thanksgiving falls in the United States, this year was one of those funky years where Thanksgiving was a week later than it normally is. And I... Like you, you literally have to mentally prepare yourself when that happens because otherwise, like I did this year, didn't mentally prepare myself for that. And you're done Thanksgiving. You're like, all right, here we go. Okay. Now we got about, uh, you know, four or five weeks till Christmas. And no, we have like three. So I'm a little behind as well. So you mentioned Black Friday. You mentioned Cyber Monday. I understand that yesterday was Green Monday. It was which Green is Monday. So- yeah, it's supposed to be the biggest. Um, it's another one of the, these made-up days that you guys do down there. Um, well, and last Tuesday was Giving Tuesday. We talked about that, actually. But I'm thinking more in terms of, of shopping. So uh, okay. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, yeah, Green Monday. Uh-huh. Why don't you just adopt Boxing Day and, and get it over with? Because... You know, it sounds like you're just jealous of Boxing Day and you're 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 putting together all these made up days uh, so you can have a a fabulous shopping day, too, like we do in Canada. Or that we want as many fabulous shopping days as we possibly can get. Because then we also do Black Friday in hand, you know, and well, that's just I'm of two minds here because. The unfortunate part of Boxing Day for Canadians is that it's after the holidays, so you've done all of your shopping. The great part about Boxing Day is that's when you do all of your, like, me shopping. And when I say me shopping, I literally mean me, since Boxing Day does fall a week before my birthday, so it's the perfect opportunity for people to just snap up those sales and get ready for my birthday. Any of you who have a birthday that falls within 10 calendar days before or after Christmas will know my pain. So one of the previous uh, podcasts, you were you were trying to get people to send you those uh, Tim Hortons uh, hockey cards. 
Yeah. And nobody now did. you're you're soliciting for gifts for your birthday. I'll take cards. All cards right. are good. It's good. Twitter mentions. Sure. All right. Yeah. Just don't forget it, people. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the thing, though. Like every, you know, you've got Christmas, and everybody gets all partied out for Christmas, and then you get New Year's, and everybody's partied out for New Year's, and then a week after New Year's, everyone's like still in their Christmas and New Year's coma, and then they wake up on January twenty third, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, it was your birthday two weeks ago? I totally forgot." You know, thanks. So. Well, they're tapped out too. They gotta, they gotta spend money <laughs> on Black Friday and Cyber go. Monday and Green Monday, and by that time. Also, my entire life, I have an overabundance of winter clothing because that's all of the gifts I and 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 I my summer wardrobe is like a tank top and a pair of shorts because <laughs> because I get no summer clothing gifts because all of the gifting is within two weeks of one another, right in the dead middle of winter. Now, uh, before we get into the show, the the hockey stuff that we're here to talk about, did you want to say anything? Um, There's this feud going on in fantasy hockey. You and uh, Joseph Whalen. I'll talk about um, Joseph, we- Joseph Whalen when I'm good and ready to talk about Joseph Whalen. Well, he wanted to talk to you uh, this week uh, on Twitter, really? and I noticed you just kind of brushed him off. Well, because, yeah, he, uh, he, he gloatingly on Twitter took a little screenshot of our division in fantasy hockey, of which he's just barely, and I mean, like not hanging on by a thread. He's hanging on by a fingernail. Mm-hmm. one position above me and screenshotted and said, well, good morning, everyone. Would we like to look at these? And I, I unlike Joseph, uh, you know, I can't be tied to Twitter 24 hours a day. So I didn't see said tweet until sometime much, much later in the afternoon. And by then, it, you know, oh, well, your tweet was good morning. So it's really not something I have to acknowledge. Because uh, it was a it was a message for in the morning, and it's now the afternoon. So there was no blowing off of anybody. It was just it was it was ill timed, and uh, would have been inappropriate for me to answer in the afternoon for a message that was uh, intended to be received in the morning. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he seemed to be quite happy that his Farnham Flyers, uh, that is the Bobby Farnham Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, are sitting atop not only the Adams division. Of course, we're we have the the traditional uh, division names: the the Norris, the Smythe, and the Adams. He uh, Joseph finds himself not only at the top of the Adams division, but the league uh, overall league lead. Well, what we it, it, it's all. Everybody get a little close to your speakers. Turn the volume up on your on your on your AirPods a little bit. The secret is we're all letting Joseph win right now so that he feels really comfortable and just gets kind of all pompous and sits back on his laurels and says, I've got this in the bag. Uh and then we're all gonna just going to destroy him. So 
stick around. Now, for that. he might be doing a bit of gloating uh, both this week and next week because I see he's up against uh, the 12th place team. Oh, come uh, on. This week. <laughs> he is. He currently has an 11 nothing lead, which I think that team um, is only occasionally managed. And so if, if you're looking to manage a team, uh, we might have. Save uh, us from yeah. the monstrosity of Joseph Whalen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fantasy hockey. I'm against our dear friend Mike this week, that uh, who we met at uh, at the draft. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So a tight five four. He's, I mean, it's it's early. He has a five four lead, um, but he's moved up. Um, remember when he took over the team? He they that yeah. team was in last place. He's moved up a couple of spots, and so nice. Uh, it should be a good battle this week. Nice. I don't even know who am I playing. I forgot. See, now yesterday was a busy day. Very busy day, and I didn't have time to set my lines last night, so I don't even know who I'm playing today. Um, oh, I'm playing whoever's in ninth place. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. Habs 12. I don't know who that is. Whoever you are, you're in ninth place. And you're currently... No, to I'm go curr- to 12. Hmm. Well, I'm currently beating them 4-2, to two, so... There's that. All right. So, Joseph, I'm watching you. Keeping my eye out on you. And whatever voodoo that, whatever kind of Newfoundland voodoo that he's put on Travis Konechny, who's now out indefinitely with a concussion, I see you, Joseph Whalen. I know you did it. No, you did it. He's going to call into this show one of these weeks. Or or you to the Canadians Connection on He's Saturday. going to sorely and, regret and can... the day that he calls into this show. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to sorely regret it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so for anyone who's not a member of our team, please know this is all in good jest. Uh, we invite you, in fact, I invite you to... Um, Follow Joseph as well on Twitter. He is at Joe Whalen 19. That's J O E W H A L E N 19. Uh, he is a tremendous team member. Um, he puts up with my ribbing quite a bit, obviously. Um, although trust me, he's pretty good at giving it back. So, um, and he happens to be the, the co-host with Rick uh, of the Canadians Connection podcast, which airs live on Rocket Sports Radio every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern. So we, you know, it's like a family. We all pick on each other. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But you're still going down, Joseph. You're not winning. You're not. Um, but the Laval Rocket are winning. Look at that segue. Mm. Right, right there. Uh-huh. Although it's not exactly a strong one because they've only won one game in their um, – they're on a one-game winning streak. That's that's what they're on. So what we're going to do today, we are going to talk a little bit about the week that was for the Laval Rocket. It was whew, it was a little all over the place. Um, and there's actually quite a bit for us to discuss regarding Laval. Um, yeah, there's a lot of personnel stuff that that we need to talk about. There's some rumors flying around on Twitter that we're going to just put the kibosh on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some roster movement. 
there was a certain goaltender who made his debut this last weekend and we happened to be there to see it live. Um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to, break down everything that's happened within the Laval Rocket organization, the Montreal Canadiens organization this past week. Um, we're also going to uh, take a quick peek at a game that the Phantoms had this weekend against their bitter rival, the Hershey Bears. Um, uh, it was one for the ages, uh, from what I can tell. Uh, before we head to segment two, where we go around the AHL, we'll tell you who the player of the week is. Uh, and also some coaching movement that's just on the newswire today. Um, and then in the final segment, we go beyond the AHL. And you know what, Rick? As you said, it's two weeks away from Christmas Eve. You mentioned Boxing Day and all the shopping. Here's my ultimate answer for you for why we here in the States get all the shopping done before Boxing Day because our butts are ready for the world juniors to start that day we ain't got no time for no shopping that day uh so sure enough the world juniors is about to get started uh selection camps are underway so we're going to do a little uh peek in at the selection camp rosters for canada and usa and uh, take a look for some notable names that we'll be keeping an eye on there uh, before we tell you where you'll find us this week out and about in a press box near you so there you have it. We have a packed show today. Indeed we do. Indeed we so do. Where do we so start? let's we start with the Laval Rocket. Because we have a lot to touch on with the Laval Rocket. Um quickly, because you know, the one thing that we won't necessarily need to do is completely break down each and every one of the three games that they played last week because you know what we do that for you so in depth on our website. Uh you don't need us to repeat it all back to you. Uh, so that's the one thing I will say. Go to ahlreport.com. We do a full game recap after every game. Uh, it's got a, a, a whole game report uh, and summary, either written by Chris G or myself, uh, depending on who uh, is covering the game that night. But there's also stats. There's the three stars. There's video highlights. There's social media moments. Uh, many, many times there is audio from post-game interviews. Uh, so you, uh, there's lineups. There's all sorts of information on our recaps if you don't know that already. So be sure to go to ahlreport.com and check those out. I will say of the three games that they played last week, uh, they did win two of them. Um, they won at home against Cleveland last Wednesday. That was a, a three to two, um, a three to two game. Then they went on the road, and we had talked about this last week. How it was kind of like they had a, a mirror image two weekends, two Fridays in a row they played in Syracuse, two Saturdays in a row they played in Springfield. Now, when they played in Syracuse two weeks ago, uh, Charlie Lindgren stood in his head and really stole a game for them that night. Um, and uh, it was the first time that that the Canadians AHL affiliate had had won in that building in probably a year and a half. It's a tough building to win in, particularly these two teams just don't seem to like each other. Uh, unfortunately for the Rockets, when they visited this past Friday, uh, things were more the result was more along the lines of how games in Syracuse typically go. Um, it was a pretty Whew, it was a pretty dismal, it was a pretty dismal one. They lost that one five to two, um, and we're going to get that game. We will get more in depth uh, because Rick, you and I were at that game, uh, so we have a lot to talk about 
in terms of that game. Um, and then they did pick things up the following night, went to Springfield where they lost the week before, and they were they did manage to get a comeback win uh, Saturday night in Springfield. So good for the points. They were able to get four out of six points on the week. Um, but, Rick, let's talk about <laughs> what we really want to focus on is is that Friday game in Syracuse. This was Keith Kincaid's debut. Uh, as we talked about last week, it was uh, quite a circus uh, with the, the goaltending up, down, and sideways uh, between Montreal and Laval. And so Keith Kincaid got his first start uh, in the AHL since I believe you had told me when we were sitting in the press box 2015. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't go very well for him, did it? It didn't. Um, and, and, and yes, the, the 2014-15 season was uh, the last time he played in uh, the AHL with the Albany Devils. Um, and uh, so um, playing in Albany, he would be very familiar with uh, Syracuse um, mm-hmm. and uh, and that building and, and uh, that rivalry uh, between when when uh, Albany was uh, was in the AHL. Um, I, I, I have to be honest that, um, that Kincaid looked a little bit, um, casual in his, in the warm up. Um, and, uh, once the game started, um, it was anything but casual. Uh, oh, yeah. the, uh, 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 Syracuse crunch and, and, and uh, they they usually do play high tempo, very aggressive, um, high pressure kind of game, strong forecheck. Uh, but they just came flying out of the gate, and and um, 19 seconds in, it was already uh, one nothing um, with Gamble Smith scoring. Uh, and and you know um, I, I think that um, Keith Kincaid was probably surprised. Certainly, we were mm-hmm. surprised. Uh, the the rest of the Laval team looked quite surprised, um, and um, it didn't it didn't stop. Uh, it was four nothing by the um, by the end of the first period, and um, um, Keith Kincaid had had given up uh, uh, four goals on just eleven shots, um, and and to be honest, let's say that uh, you know the the defense for for Lavelle was horrible and uh, he can't be faulted uh he can't be faulted on 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 several of those goals uh yeah. but as the game went on um i guess for me um i was i didn't think uh Keith Kincaid looked particularly good but uh that was based more on um how he was playing um the pucks that that actually didn't find the net and um, just seemed uh, slow to get in position, not being square. And as such, uh, he was giving up a lot of rebounds. Um, and he just, he didn't, he didn't look crisp. He didn't, he wasn't moving well. Um, and um, it, it, it was uh, uh, perhaps a rude awakening for um, Kincaid, who uh, came down for some um, tuning and, and ended up being uh, lit up. Uh, on, on by the Syracuse crunch. Absolutely. And, and by the time I think the third goal 
uh, went past him in the first period, you could tell he was not a happy camper at all. Um, TV timeouts and so forth would choose to to stay at the net and not go over to the bench and get a drink, that kind of thing. And just his posture, you could tell he was he was not happy. Um, and the rest, as you said, the rest of the team kind of knew it as well. We spoke to Ryan Paling after the game, um, and and when Kincaid's name was mentioned, he very succinctly said this. I mean, I feel so bad for Keith. I mean, we let him first game back, and we let him hang out to dry. I mean, we just got to be better than that at the end of the day. Left him hanging out to dry, and most certainly in that first period, uh, that that was the case. Uh, the defense was just terrible. Um, now, Laval went on and had a, a decent second period. They they kind of got themselves back into it, um, scored two goals. Uh, Xavier Ouellette and Lucas Vedemo both scored uh, in the second period, so they cut, they cut that lead down to two goals. Um, and quite frankly, had – possession of the puck for a lot of that second period they seemed to have a lot more energy they were forechecking um Syracuse wasn't finding a lot of open space um and then things just the wheels fell off again in the third period discipline is always an issue in this building these teams get under each other's skin um for whatever reason and and Rick it's been like that since the first year of the St. John's ice caps the first I mean it's it's always been like that between these two teams in that building. And of course that happened again. Um, Michael Pizzetta ended up with a match penalty for a check to the head for which he would then get an automatic suspension uh, for the next night's game. Um, so once, once all of that kind of came to the surface, there was, there was no coming back after that. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. There were, there were times that Keith Kincaid didn't look super invested. I'm not saying that he, that he didn't, that he looked like he just didn't care at all. I, I just mean, you know, you're, you're it's kind of, as I said, I'll use the word posture again. Um, and his, you mentioned his positioning um, or the way that he was casually kind of, instead of catching a puck, just kind of deflect a puck off the glove, um, those kinds of things. So um, that was a little concerning. Um but righted that ship a little bit the next night. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute. I thought Laval was on a a game-by-game rotation with its goaltenders. Well, you'd be right um, that it has been the case. And, of course, Charlie Lindgren then went into the net uh, the next night in Springfield, and the oddest thing happened. Uh, It was kind of a scary moment. Uh, Within the opening, I don't know, 25 seconds of the game, um, Springfield was driving the net pretty hard. Joe Cox was, was in trying to defend and he was, he going at a pretty quick pace, turned around and was skating backwards, crashed into the crease and his back collided with Charlie Lindgren's mask and hit him pretty good right in the face, sending Charlie flying onto his back with his skates up in the air in the net. Um, took him a little while uh, to get up. Uh, they decided to let him stay in the game. Um, and when none other than Dan Audette scored the um, first Springfield goal of the night at the eight minute mark, um, they fortunately for Laval had a long period of time to kind of check in on Charlie Lindgren because it was teddy bear toss night. So while Springfield's cleaning up their teddy bears, thanks to Dan Audette, 
Um, they took another look at Charlie Langren and decided to pull him out of the game. So Keith Kincaid then came into the game for the rest of the night. Um, so Rick, it was, uh, I think all around, it was probably between the way the game went on Friday night and then having to quickly get inserted into a game due to an injury, um, on Saturday, just probably not the weekend. Last Sunday, I don't think Keith Kincaid probably imagined that his Friday and Saturday were going to look like that last week. No, that's true. Um, and, and, you know, to be honest, um, when, when uh, Charlie Lindgren was, was hit and injured, uh, he should have come out right then. And I understand yes. that, that Charlie <laughs> was, um, you know, given all the events that happened during the week, he probably, uh, you know, insisted on staying but that's where that's where the coaching staff has to uh step in and and um because that was a that was a really tough hit and he wasn't uh he wasn't necessarily himself after that uh Mm -hmm. but as you said they had the opportunity to to reevaluate him after the uh teddy bear toss goal and uh and he came out kincaid in kincaid was um i would say better in that game um yes he was um yeah, I, I, but um, I, I don't think that um, he necessarily faced the chances that he did uh, as he did in the previous night uh, in Syracuse. No, I, I don't believe so either. Um, but yes, he was able to, to put things together, calm things down. Um, and as I had said at the top of the segment, they did win that game four to three. Um, he turned aside 23 shots on, um, on the night. For Keith Kincaid, um, we should note but, that. But an odd, uh, sorry, just just an odd game itself. Um, yeah. Uh, in that that uh, the the Dan Audette the the teddy bear toss goal was the first of three unanswered for Springfield, and they looked to be, um, you know, kind of free and clear, and uh, and then um somehow uh the 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 rocket were dead in the in the second period mm-hmm. and towards the end of the first and then all of a sudden they made a big push in the third to to uh tie it up and go on to win it was it was uh, a a bizarre kind of game it really was um and that's we've said from the beginning of the season and this even carries over from last year as well consistency continues to be um, an Achilles heel for this team. And it's not even consistency necessarily game to game. It's period to period. And yeah. the nights that they put together a full 60 minutes of hockey, they're usually successful. Unfortunately, most of the nights that they play hockey, they're playing games like this where they're, they look like completely different teams from period to period. Um, in fact, we spoke to Joel Bouchard after the game uh, on uh, Saturday in Syracuse after that horrible loss, um, and he had he had his own take on on what the issue is. Well, the reality right now is I feel the guys aren't really focused on what we need to do. Uh, it's because like they don't want. I think right now they're more independent contractor. I think uh, you have to understand the American League is tough. They all have personal agenda. They all want something. They all have uh, stuff going through their head. I don't feel the focus individually was there tonight from the beginning. Um, with all the injury and all the guy we have out right now, we're not a skilled team. Let's not kid ourselves. We do have some skill to win enough game, but our work ethic is going to, you know, um, dictate how we play. So, 
possibly the words of a coach who was exceptionally frustrated uh, after watching his team just completely not show up, um, you know, calling, calling them, calling some of them independent contractors. Um, and that, and, and he went on to, to say that a team effort and a team mindset is what's needed for them to get things back on track. They seem to do that a bit better on, on Saturday night. Um, but Rick, it's, you know, if they're having those kinds of issues, it's um, the, that consistency we're talking about is just not going to be there. Well, he said uh, not, not playing like a team, uh, not playing together. That's up. That's up to the coaching staff to, uh, there is no such, th- I, I don't care what level it's at. Um, there's no such thing as, as a, a, a team with, with a bunch of individual ad- agendas, of course, you know, um, it, players want want uh, different things, but uh, you have to put them together, and 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 that's what we haven't seen. That game, um, you know, you you had Syracuse go out to a four nothing lead in the first period, um, blew the doors off off uh, Laval. Uh, they go into the dressing room. I imagine a lot of paint was peeled. I don't know if it was. If it, I imagine it was Bouchard, whether the leadership uh, spoke up as well. Laval was playing very well in that uh, second period. They got two goals yeah. back and um, about three minutes left. And uh, Michael McCarron manages, and I don't know, it was a, listen, let's be honest. It was a bad call by the refs. Um, McCarron and Witkowski should have went, but because McCarron started the whole thing, putting, Corey yeah. Conacher in a headlock. How how yeah. McCarron yeah. avoided getting a penalty there, I don't know. I don't know. But but um, with three minutes to go, uh, down by two goals, Laval ended up um, with a, a power play, and so McCarron was acting as like an ass to to, to get that to happen. Uh, it happened. They got the power play. Pull him off the ice because right. you knew he wasn't being. He was just being a clown. He wasn't being serious. Um, but a couple of seconds later, McCarron, uh, goes for roughing and, um, spoils the, the, um, um, uh, po- the, the Laval power play spoils the mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, and then Jake Evans ran into the goaltender and then early third period, um, McCarron does something stupid again, which he could have gotten, uh, booted out of the game he should have gotten booted out of the game Mm -hmm. uh the disrespect to the officials and spinning his helmet and whatnot um that's the kind of thing that a coach has to has to get in and and uh deal with that's the kind of thing that that leadership has to deal with and it's even more disturbing when one of the guys who's acting like that is supposed to be one of the uh the leaders or at least he has a uh, a letter on his uh, on his uh, jersey. So, yep. um, and and that was it. That was it. Corey Conacher uh, scored in the third, and and uh, whatever chance of of uh, Laval coming back was just thrown away. Um, and and that's the kind of thing that has to stop. And I understand that the coach is frustrated with how it played out, but he played a role in that too. Sure. Absolutely. And, and as you say, it continued to devolve from there. After that, we mentioned the, the Michael Pozzetta penalty that led to the mat. Uh, he got tossed from the game for that. Uh, then Josh Brooke and Daniel Walcott 
literally wrestling each other on the ice, got uh, concurring roughing penalties, and then Dale Weiss ends the night with a goaltender interference penalty uh, with seven minutes left to go in the game. I mean, the discipline was off the rails, and and yes, you're absolutely right. Um, Bouchard could have could have pulled McCarron off the ice at at the start of all of that, and perhaps perhaps all of that boiling over may not, you know, it, it was almost like it was a domino effect from that point after that decision was not made. Um, and as Ryan Paling said, unfortunate for Keith Kincaid in his debut, uh, that that's what he had in front of him. Um, we would have loved to have asked Keith Kincaid about that, but he actually was not made available to the media. So um, there was that. I can't imagine he would have, that he was wanting to talk to many people that night. <laughs> <laughs> we asked uh, and we got a big no sorry not available um one person however who did play a good game that night and has frankly been playing a lot of good games lately um and because of that has been finding himself on the top line and uh, i believe he will be on the top line again oh wait sorry going to quickly edit myself there and say, I should mention Charlie Lindgren is okay. By the way, he is back in net tonight. So uh, apparently he was, they pulled him out just for precautionary reasons on Saturday. Um, He had the stiffness in his neck from the hit, um, but, but that he's okay. He was back at practice uh, yesterday and he is scheduled to be in the net tonight. So um, should, should mention that. Uh, So, sorry. Uh, So, been getting a lot of first minute uh, time and seems to be there again tonight. And that is Ryan Paling. Now there's a few things I'm sure Rick that we want to discuss regarding Ryan Paling. And probably the first and foremost of that is yes, he's been on the top line for the last two games. I believe word is that he's going to be on the top line again tonight. However, not at center the last two games. And it looks like tonight again, he will be on the left wing of Jake Evans at center on the first line. Now there's been a ton of speculation flying around on Twitter today about, Oh, well now they're, you know, now they're priming him to be a winger. And first of all, Joel Bouchard is, uh, I think it was for Saturday's game, either Friday's game or Saturday's game only had, it was actually knows it was Friday's game in Syracuse. There was only one healthy, natural left winger available to Bouchard that night. And that was Michael Pizzetta. Because of that, he had to do some shuffling around. Belzeal's still out injured. Um, Pekka's up. There were other, some, you know, other injuries and, and so forth. Veroni's still injured, those kinds of things. So he's shuffling some people around and has decided, I'm going to try Ryan Paling on the left wing. Go to Saturday night. Michael Pizzetta, that only natural left wing that was left healthy, got suspended Friday night after Friday night's incident. So he wasn't available for Saturday night's game. Um, and so that means now no zero natural left wingers in the lineup for Joel Bouchard. So Ryan Paling finds himself on left wing again on Saturday night and it looks like he's going to be there again tonight because Belzeal is still not back in the lineup. So Rick, let's just quell this. There's a couple of rumors swirling about Ryan Paling right now. Let's quell this one. 
the the Canadians organization is not putting him there because they think that's where he's going to serve them best going forward, correct? No. Um, I, I, there's <laughs> no, there's such knee-jerk <laughs> kind of reactions to these sorts of things, and, and uh, folks seem to think they – uh, they can make assumptions and come to conclusions without having much information to go on. Um, you know, Mark Bergevin said when uh, Ryan Paling was sent to Laval that he is being developed in the organization as a center, mm-hmm. uh, that they needed uh, that while he was uh, up with the Canadians, he was, he played a little bit on the wing and that they wanted him to be at center. Uh, they also, um, Mark Bergevin said, they wanted him to um, get time in the at the faceoff dot uh, because he needed to work on his faceoffs. Now, um, whether it's been, you know, just uh, preference or or whether it's been, as you said, circumstances that haven't allowed them to do that, uh, Ryan Paling is is not been getting a lot of faceoffs and and uh, and lately uh, on the wing. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it comes down to what's your priority. Um, if if um, if he's placed at center, where, where in the lineup is he is he placed? Uh, and as you said, with without many uh, left wingers, it seemed to make sense uh, to put him uh, on the left wing of the top line, so that he gets lots of minutes and he gets lots of minutes with quality players. And that I think is preferable uh, to him. Um, uh, at center, although he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get the faceoff um, um, uh, practice, but he wasn't doing that anyway when he was on a third line with with Kevin Lynch because uh, Bouchard likes uh, Kevin Lynch taking draws. Um, right. So uh, you know, uh, let him get time. Uh, let him get time at the at the uh, on the top line. You saw in that game. Um, that that even though he was lining up on the the left wing uh, for those two games, he was drifting into the center spot when w- center kind of responsibilities when he was in the offensive zone or or the defensive zone just kind of naturally. Um, and uh, so there's a there's a bit of a he's playing a bit of a hybrid position. He's getting minutes and and if it happens that when he gets called up that they still prefer Nate Thompson. Um, you know, at the at the, the at the fourth line center position, or uh, Suzuki or Kakanyemi at the the third line position, he's got some experience playing on the wing, uh, so that he can slot in there. So it's kind of a uh, a win win, getting him uh, minutes, uh, top minutes that he needs, getting him on the power play and some penalty kill time, uh, and giving him uh, a, a bit of versatility when he uh, goes back to the NHL. This was a topic we also discussed with Joel Bouchard and with Ryan Paling when we spoke to them in Syracuse. Uh, so first, let's hear from Joel Bouchard himself uh, about this topic explicitly. Managing your roster the way it is now, having to move Ryan Paling off to the left wing tonight, how do you feel he did there? I think he did really good. I like that line a lot. And for him, you know, I, I want to give him opportunity. Then he plays on, uh, on special team. And um, I thought he did great. Uh, it's not bad for him to be on the wing. Played with Barber and Evan, two good players. I thought they created an offense. I thought he made some plays, so hey, that's good for him. It's good mileage. Uh, we try to give him the rep. Um, I think Ryan was okay tonight. He wasn't the problem. 
Now that Ryan was okay tonight. He wasn't the problem. That's, that's the dismal game that they played in Syracuse. That's very encouraging. Um, and I want you to remember that to the next topic about Ryan Paling when we circle back to it here in just one minute. But first let's, let's hear from Ryan Paling himself on, uh, you know, as you said, Rick, he's, he is getting more time on special teams and we asked him about that. You're getting more and more responsibility on special teams. How is that making you feel? Yeah, feels good. I mean, I think you just got to earn what you what you get. And I think a lot with all the guys uh, being injured and getting called up, it kind of opens up opportunities for myself. And I think I've taken good advantage of it. So, like I said, we've been clicking the past few games. I think we can just kind of keep that momentum going forward. It'll help this team a lot. I also think that he drank three energy drinks before he did his interview with us right <laughs> after the game. <laughs> because apparently Ryan Bailing was um, on, you know, it's like almost one of it's almost like one of those like auto disclaimers at the end of a commercial. Um, speaking very quickly, but he's he's obviously pleased to uh, to get uh, more and more time on special teams. I I completely agree with you, Rick. He needs to be in the faceoff circle a lot more than he has been. Um, that's he he just he needs to be repping that constantly. But circling back to to what Joel Bouchard said, that's a coach. Every for for the the small window of time that we've all we've all had to evaluate Joel Bouchard in the last year and a few months um of him being the head coach of the Laval Rocket if there's one thing that everybody knows is that Joel Bouchard tells it like it is Joel Bouchard doesn't mince words and if Joel Bouchard has a problem with something he's going to say it um i mean just look at the clip that we played for you 10 minutes ago he's calling out his entire team for being independent contractors he's not going to mince words that soundbite that I just played for you from Joel Bouchard was exceptionally complimentary towards Ryan Paling. And he said he wasn't the problem tonight. Um, so that's a coach who's right now got a lot of confidence in Ryan Paling. It's why Ryan Paling is still playing the top line for him right now. Um, and, and Paling has been, has been contributing. He's had a lot of scoring chances that have just missed the back of the net. Um, but he's creating a lot of, a lot of chances. Um, and so, Rick, that all of that being said, it's a little odd, I think, I hope you would agree, that today we see from last night some members of the French media circulating rumors that, you know, Ryan Paling, the reason that he didn't get the call up to Montreal this week is because he's not putting in enough work and not making enough of an effort. Yeah, I, I, I would... With respect to that particular story, um, I just have to say, consider the source. Uh-huh. Uh, J.C. Lejoie uh, likes to, um, you know, I kind of compare him to um, Tony Marinero. And, and for those of you, <laughs> uh, well, I, I doubt that many, many of our listeners listen to Tony Marinero. He's, no. he's, he just kind of tosses things out, whether he believes them or not, to, to get a reaction. And, and I think that was... That was some of what was done here, um, just to get a reaction. Uh, as far as 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 uh, Ryan Paling not getting uh, the call up, um, I think that um, you could say the same thing about uh, about a number of of players. Um, Lucas Vedemo has has mm-hmm. played very well. Um, now, if you're looking for a, a center, maybe Lucas Vedemo is the, the guy. Jake Evans, we were talking about Jake Evans having such a slow start and, and not getting his first goal until 
uh, mid-November in the last three weeks, he's been on an absolute tear, and yeah, he uh, he's tied for second uh, in scoring on the team. Um, you know, Paling um, and and uh, Riley Barber, who was uh, called up, uh, is leading the team in scoring and and offers a bit more of a. He doesn't have um, uh, much NHL experience, but he certainly has a lot more. Uh, AHL experience uh, and sure. plays a bit more of a mature two-way game that uh, uh, and be able to plug in here and there that that Claude Julian's going to like. Um, so you you understand the the um, uh, choice that was made, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you should also understand that that there was a number of of play. It wasn't just Ryan Paling. There was other players, whether it be Vadim or Evans, that that uh, could also have been called up. Right. And, and for the record, I, I have no problems with Riley Barber getting a look. Um, Riley Barber made it very clear um, last year with the Washington Capitals and Hershey Bear organization that he really, he needed, he, he's very much feeling that he's NHL ready and felt like he wasn't, he, the Washington organization, we've talked about this extensively, Rick, how, how they, you know, they had some guys who prospects that came through that really helped them win that cup two years ago. Um, and so Riley Barber kind of got stuck in, in that, in the depth chart there. Um, and he didn't see a lot of opportunity ahead of him for being able to be called up for a lot of games in Washington. And that's what he's looking to do. Um, so now he's in Montreal. Um, he had a slow start. Uh, seemed like the transition to to Laval was was maybe a little challenging for him, trying to find his footing, get his legs underneath of him. But in the last three weeks, Riley Barber has done a complete 180, and he's he's scoring his point per game stat right now is 0.86. I mean, he's he's really kind of coming along there. He's got six goals, uh, 12 assists on the season. Um, two power play goals. I think he deserves the look. Um, you know, Paling is just starting to get that confidence back again. He has seemingly struggled with that a bit as he's moved up and down the lineup this year and and getting called up and sent down and all sorts of things. So let Paling stay in Laval for a little while longer. Let him continue building on the good things that are happening. Riley Barber looks like he's, he's ready right now. He's leading in scoring. And, and if he can, he can play a good 200 foot game. He's, he's good at creating chances. Um, And so let's see what, what kind of energy he brings. So I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly okay. I, of course, I would like to see the Lucas Vetamos and the Jake Evanses get their shot as well. But for right now, for this week, I'm okay with the Riley Barber call up. Well, uh, there's, um, I agree with you, and, and um, thanks for pointing out those stats. I'll add one more uh, that I think may have, have gone into the uh, decision, uh, and that's the number of shots taken. If you look yeah. at the Laval Rocket, uh, Charles Sudan with just 17 games played, that's 10 games less than a, an Evans or a Vedemo. Uh He's second on the team in shots with 60. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at who's on top, that's Riley Barber in 21 games, he has 79 shots. And you know that Charles, uh, that, um, uh, Julian's, uh, system means you're putting a lot of pucks on the net, um, and, and then trying to get the rebounds and, and Riley Barber fits 
right into that very well. Absolutely. So we wish him the best of luck. He is going to make his uh, debut with the Canadians tonight playing in, I believe, just his fourth NHL game uh, in his career. So we wish him, him uh, the best of luck tonight um, as he plays with the Habs. Uh, one, before we move away from Laval, one last thing that we do want to discuss, and and that's a player who is no longer on the roster uh, that of course, everyone, the news came around, everyone went, Oh, what about that? And then quickly forgot about it. Um, but we haven't um, because it's a pattern that we're seeing entirely too often. And we're very, um, I got to say disappointed to see it happen again. And that's the case of David Sklenichka, uh defenseman um, who was, ter- uh, well, they bought out his contract. They terminated his contract last week. Uh, word is that he's going to uh, play in the KHL. Um, really unfortunate situation, Rick. We've talked about Sklenichka quite a bit this season. Um, we just, I just got done mentioning that Riley Barber was, was the victim of the depth, depth chart uh, a bit in Hershey. Uh, Sklenichka could not get into the lineup without a lot of injuries or call-ups or, or you know, um, he he didn't play much. Uh, he was in the press box most nights. Meant that when he did get the opportunity to play, um, looked a, a little rusty, more than a little rusty. But also had some really good moments and was starting to put things together again. In fact, he scored the Teddy Bear toss goal for Laval at their at their home event. Um, unfortunate to see David Sklenichka, um kind of pushed off to the wayside. Uh, for sure. And um, we remember that at the end of last season, uh, Joel Bouchard had said that David Sklenichka was the player uh, who had uh, improved the most over the course of the year. And he was very proud of that. Um, something, uh, you know, had to go, uh, has gone sideways, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is, um, the kind of issues that we talk about when people say, well, sign this player, sign that player. There's no risk. Just sign them, bring them in. And then you end up with all of the, the, the scrap heap of these guys uh, in the AHL uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and they're taking places for legitimate prospects, uh, whether the prospects um, uh, get frustrated with that or, or not. We know that was the case with Michael Moravchik. Uh, Moravchik mm-hmm. and Sklenichuk came over together uh, from the, ch- they were recruited, um, um, scouted and recruited to, to come over. Um, and um, Moravchik wasn't happy with uh, uh, the promises that had been made in his playing time and, and um, uh, ended up in the ECHL. It was, it, it looked like that was the same kind of path that was going to happen uh, for Sklenichka as well. We, you know, I've, I've seen people kind of uh, guessing that uh, he refused to uh, go to uh, the ECHL. We have no information on that. What we were told was that this was uh, something that was worked out. The contract mm-hmm. termination was uh, mutually done, was amicably done. And that, uh, I, you know, there's, there's all kinds of opportunities uh, for these players to play in, um, in Europe. Moravchik uh, mm-hmm. went back to, to play in the Czech League, and uh, it can be quite lucrative uh, for them to do so. 
so um, Sklenichka apparently had uh, a number of pending offers. Uh, the rumor is that he's headed to the, the KHL. We'll see um, um, what happens uh, there. But uh, with the the number of players who, with NHL um, talent who are, are in uh, the AHL, and then these, some of these odd signings that have happened, PTOs, Evan McEnany, and so on, um, yeah. uh, there was less room for uh, a prospect like Sklenichka, and we, we wish him uh very well, because I, I think he, he can be a, a good quality uh, puck-moving defenseman. Absolutely. I wish him well uh, as well. I concur with that. Uh, I'm very disappointed to see this happen, particularly when you've got – and this is nothing against Ryan Culkin, but he is currently called up from the ECHL from the Maine Mariners. He's still called up sitting in the press box, but – David Sklenichka is the one that they don't have room for. As you say, Evan McEnany just got signed to a PTO. He has yet to play a game because he's still rehabbing. He's allegedly close to, to making his debut with, with the rocket. But these are the things that you have to kind of scratch your head and say, Hmm, there's, I just don't understand sometimes. Uh, And I'm, I'm sure Sklenichka didn't understand it either. Um, And maybe that's why uh, mutually they, came to an agreement to say, okay, I need to go um, do things that are going to help my career. Just one more point on this. And, sure. and uh, we'll, it's something we'll get back to at a later stage. But I, I've said for, this goes back to the Hamilton days, um, that the Montreal Canadiens don't do enough. They don't do as much as other teams, but they don't do enough uh, to uh, ensure that off the, I'm, Joe Bouchard saying that that uh, his players aren't acting like a team uh, on the ice and in the dressing room. I want to see them uh, not only do that, but go beyond that to uh, help them uh, acclimatize themselves to the community, the culture, um, and and do more off the ice to to make sure that these. Um, uh, players, particularly those who are dealing with, uh, you know, language issues and so on, mm-hmm. um, that um, uh, and and that was always, uh, you know, something that that several prospects said about uh, Hamilton. Um, it was a little bit more um, better uh, because the the community itself pulled together in St. John's, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it can be quite isolating for these uh, guys that come over, and the the team has to do more about. Uh, ensuring that that they're looking after their welfare. We know that some, you know, uh, Kakanyemi's mom came over for a while, and yeah. uh, but but uh, and and we look back to now. It's a while back when Gallagher stayed at Josh George's house. Um, right. But those kinds of things have to happen um, for some of these, particularly for some of these players who are um, are are kind of shell shocked when they come to. Uh, a new league, a, a, a new culture, uh, uh, a new city, a new country. Uh, and it's very difficult for them. Absolutely. I agree with you there. And you're right. We will circle back to that. Uh, and when one of our upcoming press box ponderings segments here in the next, uh, next few weeks, one more thing to wrap up this segment, just want to make one mention uh, with regards to the Lehigh Valley phantoms. Um, Man, did they have a game on Saturday. Whew. They were playing 
for those who who don't follow the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, their biggest rivals are the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, an hour north of them, and the Hershey Bears, an hour to the west of them. Uh, and Le- Lehigh Valley was playing in Hershey on Saturday, um, and it was well. I'm sure they had the Rocky music playing. <laughs> I think um, total of let me see if I can get this right now. 88. 88 combined penalty minutes for both teams. Um, we've got roughing, roughing. Ru- I mean, we've got double minors to to players for roughing. We've got unsportsmanlike misconducts two times over, uh, fighting penalties, game misconducts for abuse of officials for Curtis Gabriel, Kelkesi then instigating minor, a fighting major, a 10-minute instigating misconduct, a 10-minute fighting at puck drop, game misconduct. Um, it was a bit of a <laughs> it was a bit of a row, I guess you could say. Uh, Curtis Gabriel and and Kelkesi, I mean, they just went at it. Um, Beck Melanston, um really really vicious uh in that game as well elbowing incident he's in fact been suspended for three games Uh, that suspension started on sunday and will run through this coming sunday um so he's out of the hershey's lineup for a little while it was not uh, a friendly match between these two rivals uh last saturday at hershey and um well they rematch again this Sunday at Hershey. Um, as I said, Beck Metlinston will be out of the lineup for that game, but I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of carryover. And Rick, wouldn't you know, you and I are going to be in the building. <laughs> so we might be witnessing back-to-back weeks of uh, complete undiscipline. <laughs> in discipline. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. It will. It will. So, um yeah, it was just it was it was certainly. In fact, I think I think that Kessie set a franchise record for the Bears for personal number of penalty minutes um, accrued in a single game. I think he had 31 penalty minutes all on his own, or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. Uh, but it'll it it will be a fun game. Uh, glad to be back uh, to to see the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, just a quick look at who's been scoring for them. Uh, of course, uh, Misha Vorobiev is still up with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, looks like he's going to be on the fourth line tonight with James Van Riemsdyk and Chris Stewart on the wings of Mikhail Vorobiev. Now that is a fourth line. Let me tell you, that's that's an interesting fourth line. As as we've mentioned, Alain Vigneault uh, does not hesitate to hold his veterans accountable. So JVR is on the fourth line tonight because he hasn't been producing lately. Uh, so we'll see if, if they can find some energy. But meanwhile, down in Lehigh Valley, Greg Carey and Cal O'Reilly, a couple of veterans there, they are tied for the points race for the Phantoms at 15 points apiece. Uh, Vorobiev was right behind them at 14. Um, Andy Walensky's in there as well as Morgan Frost and Tyler Watherspoon. So uh, lots of good, uh, good to see Morgan Frost still continuing to produce after getting a really slow start. It seems like uh, things are coming along for him quite nicely. Uh, And of course uh, we'll be giving you all the information on that on Sunday. So Phantoms fans keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled because it could be another, 
pretty uh, exciting game between these two rivals on Sunday. Uh, with that, we are going to take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to head to our second segment around the and go around the AHL. And hmm, it's time to find out who this week's AHL Player of the Week is. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, uh, you know, we're glad that you're here listening to the podcast uh, on demand, but you can chat with us anytime during the week if you've got questions, comments, feedback, want to talk about hockey, and most importantly, follow our live game coverage and read our recaps. Uh, so be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report. That's at the AHL Report on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Uh, so feel free to reach out on the socials. Um, okay, around the AHL, Rick, uh, we've got the CCM AHL Player of the Week for the period end, which just ended December 8th. Um, and this time it comes from someone in the Western Conference, and that would be Texas Stars forward Jason Robertson. Hey, kudos on having a name that's really easy to pronounce. Jason Robertson uh, scored three goals for a total of and, and totaled five points in the three games he played last week for Texas. Uh, Texas improving to 6-0-1-0 in its last seven outings. Um, he had a goal and assist uh, in their first game of the week and uh, was also the game's first star that night. Uh, assisted on the game-winning goal on Friday and on Saturday scored two more times uh, to help Texas get a weekend sweep of the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins. So uh, congratulations to Jason Robertson. Um, Sounds like he had a pretty good week, and it sounds like the Texas Stars are having a pretty good uh, December so far. Well, that game uh, where he was named first star against Milwaukee ended that 13-game winning streak. Uh, oh, that's Admirals. right. Uh, so that that was a bit of a big deal. Uh, Admirals have been uh, unbelievable this year, and um, – uh, goaltending has been key, uh, I think, with with the Admirals um, uh, for the most part. And um, interesting that that uh, uh, we remember that they have they have uh, Troy Grosnick, um, uh, the veteran. Uh, he's playing well um, and has played 14 games, playing 13 games, kind of an even split there is uh, with a 10 and two 
uh, record is Connor Ingram. And we remember Connor Ingram oh, yeah. kind of disappeared off the face of the earth uh, after the All-Star game yeah. um, and uh, lost favor um, in the Tampa Bay organization, found himself uh, not even being the, the first uh um, the starter in in uh, their ECHL aff- affiliate and now mm-hmm. has as uh, is with the um, uh, Nashville um, organization and has been playing fabulous as has been his counterpart and uh, and helped Milwaukee to uh, their fabulous start. Well, we congratulate Jason Robertson on being named the CCM AHL player of the week and yeah uh the the marley's their their win streak was snapped the the admirals their win streak was snapped um so now it's uh texas the texas stars are the ones who have the longest winning streak right now in the league at that six zero one and zero so congratulations to them interesting however that it is a player from the texas stars with the um player of the week because as of today uh, all eyes in the hockey world on the stars for not so nice reasons Um, Texas uh, their head coach uh, Derek Laxdow who well I'm sorry uh, an assistant yes head coach Derek Laxdow for the Texas stars uh, got a promotion today uh, was promoted uh, to an assistant coaching position for the Dallas stars um Texas Stars assistant coach Neil Graham now takes over as the head coach for the Texas Stars, and Travis Moran will serve as the Texas Stars' new assistant coach. Why the sudden change? Well, your guess is as good as mine, apparently. Um, In the wake of uh, head coaches getting fired left and right around the NHL uh, in the last few weeks, uh, Jim Montgomery is the the latest one uh, out of the blue today. Uh, it was announced from the Dallas Stars organization that uh, Montgomery was fired this morning. Uh, they're not um, expanding on why, other than there's personal personal reasons, but something had been brought to their attention over the weekend, and he was uh, pretty swiftly let go, uh, which, of course, then called for an immediate um, shuffling of coaching personnel within the organization. So we congratulate uh, Derek Laxdahl for his promotion uh, to the NHL, but um, some mysterious circumstances for sure. um, And, and not exactly um, positive ones. And I'm sure this won't be the last that we'll hear about this because um, Jim Nell was pretty vague today. And I have a feeling the media is not going to let that go. (laughs) Um, we should also mention, and I, not that we're going to expand on it much here, um, kind of wait to see as more information comes out. Don't forget it's this week is the board of governors meetings for the NHL. Um, and in light of a lot of these recent firings and, and all of the controversial statements that have been coming out about former coaches and so forth, uh, Gary Bettman did make an announcement, uh, yesterday that the NHL is adopting a four point initiative, uh, to help address. Um, I guess, diversity and abuse issues uh, going forward in the league. Um, And one of those, one of those points is that there's going to be mandatory, um, I believe annual training, um, you know, for diversity, inclusiveness, 
uh, proper coaching method. I, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to get into it here, but apparently that's also um, not just for NHL coaching staffs. It's going to be minor league coaching staffs as well. And, and into um, possibly, you know, front office hockey ops, that kind of thing. So we'll, it, all of this is very, very new. So there's really not a whole lot to definitively talk about right now. We're just getting little dribs and drabs, but sounds like there's plenty of things are coming down the line uh, that we will be keeping our eye on. Never a dull moment this season. <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment. Um, before we head to our last segment just want to take a quick peek at the standings uh the north division continues to be exceptionally competitive there is only a nine point differential between first place and sixth place in the north division the marlies are are firmly in first place with 37 points followed by the rochester americans and the comets and the rocket are tied for third right now but utica has a much better uh, winning percentage. And so they, they are in third place. The Rockets are in fourth. Belleville's only two points behind uh, Laval. So they're, they're creeping in there as well. So Laval plays uh, some important games this week. They play all interdivisional games this week. They play the Monsters tonight. And then I believe they host Rochester twice this weekend, uh, which will not be easy games for them to play. So uh, tight divisional race for the Atlantic division. The Phantoms are still in sixth place. Um, They are three points behind the Thunderbirds in fifth. Uh, The Bruins and Hartford continue to sit at the top. They are tied at the top of the Atlantic division at 35 points apiece. Um, So uh, they're kind of starting to pull away a little bit. Um, Milwaukee, without a doubt, I, I, Rick, I would be shocked if anyone, Manage to over manages to overtake Milwaukee in the central division before the end of the year. Um, <laughs> they're, they're kind of running away with it at 41 points. Uh, the Iowa wild in second place is, is at 28 points. So it would, it would take a big Milwaukee collapse for that to happen. Uh, and the Tucson Roadrunners sitting at the top of the Pacific division right now. So our latest look in at the standings, uh, we're going to take one quick break when we come back. It's World Juniors time. So let's take a look at some names that we're going to start looking at in the upcoming weeks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Again, don't forget to find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Rick, Christmas bells are in the air. Holiday lights are up. Santa Claus is checking his list. He's checking it twice. He's definitely got Joseph Whalen on the naughty list. <laughs> Big lumps of coal coming to Newfoundland for Joseph Whalen. 
But it also means that as soon as all of the Christmasing is done on the 25th, the hockey world gets their Christmas morning on the 26th when the World Junior Championship starts. It's almost here. It's almost here. World Juniors are a fun, fun time for um, all hockey fans, and unless you're just, you know, uh, married to a particular team and you, and you don't uh, look elsewhere, the World Juniors are are just a lot of fun to um, uh, see. Some players who have um, maybe that that have been drafted, and and then there's those that are are draft eligible too, and and uh, for some. Uh, hockey fans, it's it's uh, maybe their first glimpse to for those uh, players who will be uh, drafted in June in Montreal. Um, so um, the 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 rosters are starting to be announced, and uh, uh, we're we're getting a glimpse into seeing who the players are that will be participating in the Czech Republic. Absolutely, and so uh, so far. Uh, between the U.S. roster and the Canadian roster, we just want to highlight um, some names to be on the lookout for. Um, for the U.S. roster in particular, Montreal and Philadelphia have more than a few uh, prospects of their own. So just in terms of, of fans of the Canadians and the Flyers, we've got Jordan Harris on defense, Montreal prospect, um, for Philadelphia, Cam York, uh, defenseman prospect. Uh, also, Bobby Brink at forward. Montreal, some kid named Cole Caulfield. I don't, I, I don't know. People don't talk much about him, but he's on the roster as well. <laughs> and um, So Montreal and Philadelphia, each with two prospects on that U.S. roster. But Rick, outside of that, are there are there guys that we should be really be watching on that on that Team USA roster? Um, there are um, players like uh, Alex Turcott, uh, who mm. up until very recently was Cole Caulfield's um, uh, line mate and and uh, uh, went fifth overall at, at uh, the draft in Vancouver. Um, Nick Robertson, who was, was pretty impressive uh, at last year's World Juniors, a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, draft pick. Arthur mm-hmm. Kaliev, um, a, a pick by the uh, LA Kings. He's already got 28 goals for the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, there's, there's all kinds of talent on that team. And, of course, uh, they should be anchored by uh, the 13th pick overall, uh, by Florida, Spencer Knight uh, should be solid in in goal for the Americans. Um, it, it's uh, Keandre Miller, who we saw uh, yeah. playing Penn State for Wisconsin, just a beast on the ice. Uh, a New York Rangers uh, uh, draft pick. Um, it's it's uh, it's always a fabulous tournament, and there's going to be uh, a lot of talent there to uh, keep an eye on. Absolutely. And I know we keep saying that Boston keeps managing to, to nab these great prospects. Uh, they've got another one who's, who uh, was pretty impressive in the World Junior Summer Showcase that's on this roster, and that's John Beecher, uh, John Beecher uh, 6'3", forward mm-hmm. um, left winger. So he, uh, he'll be there as well. Lots of good talent for the uh, Americans. However... Not nothing to uh, turn your nose up at on the Canadian roster either. Even though Montreal, neither Montreal nor Philadelphia has uh, prospects 
on the Canadian roster, whew, there is some talent there to be watching for sure. There is. And if you look at uh, our friend Sam Constantino's uh, most recent um, uh draft list, uh, the 31 NHL draft prospects for this coming um, draft. There are three uh, in the top five that are on Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Alex, uh, Alexis Lafreniere is, is uh, expected to be the, the, the number one. Quinton Byfield plays with the Sudbury Wolves. He's expected uh, to be in the top three. Uh, Cole Perfetti with, in Saginaw. Uh, in the OHL, he's uh, expected to be in the top five. All are members of uh, Team Canada. Uh, and and going through the list, Dylan Holloway um, also maybe in the top ten. We saw him playing for Wisconsin, uh, a big uh, power uh, forward uh, playing center. Um, Raphael Lavoie, who you know was was hoping that that the Canadians would take a chance on him in the last mm-hmm. draft, picked up in the second round by Edmonton, uh, playing for for Canada. Um, uh, who else is there? Bowen Byram, the uh, as Colorado keeps stocking these quality defensemen. Um, there's there's a lot uh, a, a lot of talent and uh, uh, should be it should be a, a great. Uh, tournament for uh, for Canada and for the other teams, and we'll, we'll keep an eye out um, to see as the other rosters are, are released. I'll, I'll mention one more if I can squeeze them in for Canada, and that's Peyton Krebs. You remember the Canadians yes. uh, had two of their their picks their their that they had ranked in the top ten in their own uh, top ten. It was Cole Caulfield and and Peyton Krebs were still available. Uh, when they were uh, went to pick and uh, chose Caulfield over Krebs, Krebs went a couple spots later to, to Vegas. So uh, he'll be interesting to watch as well. I will add one player as well. Uh, hails from St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, also picked up by those Colorado Avalanche that you were just saying, snagging, snagging some talent. Um, but our good friend who was the guest of one of our contest winners, our good friend Shane is going to be happy to see Alex Newhook on this roster. Um, he'll be he'll be very happy. To That's, right. That's right. In case anyone missed that at the draft, Alex Newhook had a pretty big cheering section, and Shane wearing an Avs jersey became an instant Colorado Avalanche celebrity. Um, and apparently, you know everyone just automatically assumed it meant that he was instant best friends with Alex Newhook, I think. So I think, I think he'll be rooting for, I think he'll be rooting for Alex for sure. Uh, So we will have more uh, as now keep in mind, these are the selection camps. So there will be cuts that'll be made. We'll have more announcements as Rick says, as, as other countries get their preliminary rosters out and as teams start to narrow down their selection all coming up in the next couple of weeks. So you'll not want to miss that. As far as this week, uh, I will have the coverage tonight for the AHL report of the Laval Rocket game at home against the Cleveland Monsters. And Chris G will be back in the building at Place Bell this weekend when they take on the Rochester Americans twice. And he'll be there uh, back in the press box at Place Bell and grabbing great post-game audio and so on and so forth. 
Sunday. Don't forget for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, we'll be in the press box at Hershey uh, in the Giant Center. So that's going to be a great one as well. So make sure you're following us at the AHL Report, at the Flyers Report. Uh, you can find me at Flyers Rule. You can find Rick at All Habs. And uh, Rick, it's been a busy week, and I think this next one is going to be busy too. Should be a great week, a great hockey week, and uh, good luck with your Christmas shopping as well. Why, thank you. You do the same. And all of you have fun out there. Stay safe, enjoy the festivities, and come right back here next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you then. And keep on.